All right. I really want to thank all of you for being such a huge blessing to us here financially. Your partnership with us is greatly appreciated. And we ask that you would just continue that. Um, I get kind of choked up about it because you guys really just pour out and we really appreciate it. And so we're thankful for that. We're thankful that we can enter into a royal exchange with you guys through partnership financially. Yes. Uh, so during the conference, we did the one offering uh, to send with Rebecca, and we raised just over $2,000. So you guys are very generous. Yes. Definitely give yourselves a hand. That was a very generous thing. And it was just, it was, it was greatly honoring to her to be able to exchange in that way. And so we were very appreciative of her coming down. Okay, here's the deal. So Rebecca, this was something that was on our heart to invite Rebecca to come. But we were like, but we got no money, right? This thing is really ringing up here. Um, yeah, I think it's just worse up here. Um, maybe it's the monitor. Um, and so God was like, you know, when he pulls the, you, you have not because you ask not. And so I was like, fine, I'll ask. And, um, and so I did. I sent a message out. And honestly, you guys, there was some serious delay on the backside of that where it was like, I didn't hear and I didn't hear and I didn't hear. And then I went live with Rebecca and then had a chance to talk to her afterwards. And I was like, sheepishly, hey, um, so... <laughs> what's it take to get you here? And she's like, an ask. And I was like, no, I understand. But like, how much is this going to cost us? Because I was thinking, well, we could raise the money for, you know, a future date. And she's like, no, I just want to invest in your ministry. And I was like, come again. And, and so it, that afternoon we, we set the date and it was a done deal that she was coming. And then a lady that I hardly know who is from Washington had sent me a message after we had posted the first um, social media thing announcing that she was coming. She sent me a message and she said, God woke me up in the middle of the night talking to me about Junction City, Kansas. She's never been here. And in fact, she's from Ireland. So, you know, she's not even from here. <laughs> and she sends me this message and tells me that the Lord woke her up in the middle of the night and started talking about the apostolic interference that exists in this place, like static. And she's like, God is sending somebody to remove all of that, that, that staticky kind of stuff. And, and honestly, it was a ter territorial spirit. And you will know that it is who he sent because they will ask for nothing in return. Isn't that exciting? All right. We got the ringing problem taken care of. No more ringing. All right. So if you would like to give today, there's a basket in the back. You can give check or cash back there. There are envelopes too uh, if you would like to have it recorded. Uh, for those of you online, you can go to the website uneditedlife.org and there is a give button in the lower right hand corner all right i think that's it for announcements let's pray lord i thank you for 
everything this morning that you're doing here. I thank you that you've spoken that the fear of the Lord is our portion in this season. We'll look forward to what you're about to, to pour out here. As to prepare hearts to receive. That eyes and ears will be open today to hear from you and see what it is you have to show them, us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to share with you, before we get started here, Proverbs 21, 22. It says, a warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. You need to keep that verse in mind. Keep that in mind for what it is that we're talking about today and as we move forward. All right, we got some some business to take care of before we get into the equipping today. The last week, Angie talked about serving your yes. And today I want to I want to build from that when we talk about governing the flame. We need to take what it is that Angie shared and build from that and move forward, continuing to move, using that as a springboard. All right, she talked about vision, and she used Proverbs 29, 18, which says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. And she said, have vision while you can. That is extremely important. And it is another big piece of what you need to be thinking about when you start hearing the call from God and you answer yes to him, you need to be immediately thinking about having vision while you can. Remember, she talked about the cornfield and walking around the cornfield for the entire summer. And in the beginning, when the the crop first started to come up, she could see a long ways. And just like in the beginning of when you get that call from God, you need to be looking as far as you can and asking questions. And it may feel daunting at first. It can, it can feel like I'm not equipped for this. I'm not ready. But still, you need to push through and have vision while you can. You give your yes and you partner with God, and we're going to talk more about partnering here in a little while. And she also said, we're filled with his intentions and desires, and it's up to us to take action. And that's what we're doing. We're building out today. We're sending into the high place and releasing breakthrough and bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. That's what we're doing today and moving forward. We're counting the costs also. And as senior leaders here at Unedited Life, we have been doing that 
intensely. We've been counting the costs. What is it going to cost us to stay in the yes that we've given to God? But at the same time, we're counting the cost of the promise as well. Your yes will put a demand on your life. Angie broke that down last week. There is a demand that is put on your yes. And during the conference, Rebecca talked about that. The demand on your yes. If you're not all in, don't come back. Right? That's what she talked about on Saturday night at the conference. That requires a radical obedience, which is one of our boundary lines here. And if you remember back to January, in the beginning of January, we said that radical obedience is the essential focus around here for 2022. And it's never come into play more than right now. God has said enough is enough, and he's putting a demand on your yes. And so Rebecca's statement of if you're not all in, don't come back, we have ramped up. If you're not all in, you can leave right now. There's no shame or guilt, no condemnation. We'll still love you. God still loves you just the same. But there is a demand on the yes around here. You're all in or you can leave now. Everybody's still here. It's good. I'm proud of you. Something else Angie asked last week. Tell somebody before you leave here. She put a demand. Before you leave here, tell somebody what your yes is. How many of you did that? Oh, I don't know. Okay, I see one hand. If you did that, right now point to who it is you told. I know pointing's not nice, but we're going to point. Okay. One person followed through on that. One person followed through on the demand put on your yes. This is what I'm talking about. You're either all in or you can leave. We love you, but we are pushing right now. And we will pull too. We'll pull you along. But when you say yes, we are going to get behind you, hold you accountable, and push. So since only one person followed through with that last week, I want everybody to get up right now and tell somebody what it is your yes is. Go ahead. I'll take a couple minutes. This requires movement. Get up out of your chair 
and go tell somebody. For those of you online, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. All right, this doesn't take long. If you're done, sit back down. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. This is what I'm talking about. There is a demand around here. There is an expectation of you to take action on what it is God's showing you, what it is that he's telling you. That's the expectation we hold, and we are going to follow through on that. All right. Let's get to the equipping now that the business is done. So you've said yes. Right? This is your opportunity now to have vision while you can, to see as much as you can and get as much as you can from God. It's difficult in the beginning because a lot of times you'll get something from him and it's very small or very short, right? And so we start wanting more information without actually saying yes. What ends up happening in that time? What do you hear? Before you've said yes, he he calls you to something, but you haven't said yes yet. You're just asking questions. It's not likely you're going to hear a whole lot then. But he gives you that one little call and you say yes. Now is your opportunity to start having vision while you can. To see as far as you can. Now's the time to start asking the questions. Start asking the questions. What am I being called to do? We've said that before in What table is waiting for me? You said yes. You're asking that question. You're asked, who am I being called to? What what group of people is that? What does that look like? Where is this calling taking me? And, and, And when you ask that question, it's not necessarily of what circles of influence am I being called into. You can think geographically there. Where? Where on earth am I going with this? When should I go? So what does the timeline look like? How long do I have to be equipped before starting? Am I already equipped to go? Ask about the timeline. Ask what he's showing you about when you should be going. You know, you could also ask why. Why am I being called to this? And this has everything to do with being the solutionist and carrying a solution into 
whatever this calling is, for whatever the problem is. You may already know what the answer is, or you may actually be the answer. A gift that you carry could be the answer into that. So asking why. The problem we often run into at this point is instead of taking the time to have vision and to see why we can, we jump straight into how. We want to ask, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. I don't know how I'm supposed to get from here to there. Wrong question to be asking right now. How comes later? And how is actually up to you? You need to be asking for the information, not what action to take. He's given you the calling. You said yes. Now start asking the questions to gain the information that's going to allow you to make decisions about how to go. So many of us get stuck here. So don't get stuck in that. Don't don't ask how before you get the information you need to decide that. So that gets into the first first step here. So you hear the call, right? You start asking the questions. You're listening for those, basically for the five W's. Make sense to everybody? Who, what, when, where, why, how? How comes later, though? Who, what, when, where, why? Start looking at the revelation that you're receiving. Okay, What is it that God is revealing to you when you ask these questions, when you start looking for this information. This is his guidance for you. This starts to give you the the boundaries that you have to start making decisions within. It starts to lay out the field for you to know where it is that you're going and what you're going into. So you've heard the call. You're asking the questions. Right? You can't uncover something without searching it, right? Proverbs 25, 2, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. It's another important one for you to remember after you hear the call and you say yes, it's your turn to start searching. Start asking the questions. You're wanting to uncover specifics, so see as much as you can while you can. So you've started asking all these questions, you're getting answers. Now it's time to start counting the costs. And Angie shared Luke 14, 27 and 28. And anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. There's good news there. Excuse me. There's good news there. You've already shared in his cross. You were co-crucified. You've said yes, you've made agreement to that, right? Everybody in here? 
I hope so. We need to hear yeses online, too. In that counting the cost, you have said yes, that you have been co-crucified with him. And that goes on to say, don't, so don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. Saying yes to God means saying no to something else. Whatever you make an agreement to do something and say yes to something, you're going to have to say no to something else. There is an aspect of your yes that requires a no in another area. So you're counting the cost. Some of what may be required for you to give up is, like Angie talked about last week, reputation. How it is that people see you shouldn't be of concern. The other thing is, is some people in your life may have to either be cut out fully or maybe kept at a distance because they are not supportive of what you're doing. Right. And, and what we've talked about this week is in looking at that is we've shown a, six, a, a, a picture of circles before that that shows influence and how the closer to you being at the core of those has more influence. Right, so in that outer ring, what we talked about uh, this week is those are acquaintances. People you know may say hi to, whatever, but they're not in close relationship. And the second one is those people you share space with. These are the people where you have more conversations with that goes maybe a layer deep below the surface. But it's still not really substance uh, base there. And closer and still is, is a togetherness, right? This is where we start looking at oneness. This is where we start looking at what it is that we're doing here. This is more than just sharing space with each other. This is about doing life with one another, holding one another accountable, going beyond the surface level stuff. From there, it gets a little bit more into intimacy because the next one is partners, right? You're partnering with somebody to do something. You have a mutual goal. You are both bringing something into that and moving in the same direction in partnership. This is where you've made an agreement with somebody to where you're both going to do something. Those are partners. Those are, those are people that have your best interest in mind and they are there to support you. Even if it's sharp, even if it hurts sometimes, they're there to support you. And then that center area, that's covenant. And I want to read something to you because covenant's very important. And you have to take into mind that when you enter into a covenant relationship with somebody, it is very serious. So I want to read this to you. It says, a covenant is a relationship between two partners who make binding promises to each other and work together to reach a common goal. 
They're often accompanied by oaths, signs, and ceremonies. Covenants define obligations and commitments, but they are different from a contract because they are relational and personal. And although a covenant in the ancient world was uh, similar to what we in the modern world would call a contract, treaty, or a will, each covenant established the basis of a relationship, conditions for that relationship, promises and conditions of the relationship, and consequences if those conditions were unmet. So where it differs from partners to covenant is about relationship. Partnership serves both, but it isn't necessarily relational. Covenant is deeply ingrained with relationship. So when counting the costs, people that you have close now, you may find that they are not fully supportive of what it is that you're being called into. You may find that when they push back on things, it is not in the interest of moving you forward or seeing you become unstuck from something. And so they may have to be moved out away from the center, right? Something else that needs to be considered when counting the cost is you have to consider the promise that God has shown you in the yes. You have to consider what it is that God's calling you into. And so I talked about this last Monday. When you're counting the cost, you're, you're counting those things that, you know, those relationships or reputation or whatever it is that he's showing you to count and consider here. On the other side of that, you have to consider what it is, the promise. You have to consider the promise that he's showing you and what that looks like. Because there is an abundant life in that promise, in what it is that he's calling you into. So you have to look at both sides of this. And it may come to a point where you decide that as I count these costs, I can't continue forward and I can't say yes. God still loves you. That doesn't change. But I want you to consider when you're counting the cost, both sides of that. Don't just see what you're giving up or what you're surrendering. Take into account what it is that he's showing you that is in the promise. So in hearing the call, you want to know also what it is you're up against. This is the time to start praying and uncovering what's going on in the spirit realm and where it is he's calling you and the people that he's calling you to, to minister to or the people that he's calling you to do business with, whatever that looks like. 
because the calling isn't always standing up here, right? We all have a different calling, but you're carrying the kingdom into that. So you need to know what it is that you're up against. And you have to be leaning into your oneness with the Trinity. This is critical. It's very important. You've said yes. Now it's time to gather the intelligence about what you're walking into, right? And we're not, we're not demon-focused in this. And that's an important thing to remember. You're understanding what it is that's going on so you can make decisions when you get there. Right? You have to know how it is that you are wielding the kingdom when you walk into these places. When you step into your calling or take your seat at the table, whatever language you want to use there, you need to know what you're bringing out of the kingdom from that. It matters. It really does because when you know what it is you're walking up against, you're going to know what else you need to pull out of the kingdom. And that's what you're focused on. Other questions when counting the costs. What am I currently tolerating that is not for me? And why am I continuing to allow, allow that in my life? What are you tolerating that's not for you right now? Whatever that looks like, what is it that you're tolerating? And why are you continuing to, to allow it? Another one is, am I who I want or need to be right now? If not, what's keeping, what's keeping you from it? This is one of my favorite ones. What am I pretending not to know? The reason why I like that question is because I have pretended for years not to know what my calling was. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my declaration here in a minute. That's coming before we get done. But what am I pretending not to know? Ask God to search you out, see what He reveals. Another one is who do I have to forgive, or what do I need forgiveness and reconciliation for? Forgiveness is a big piece of this. All right, so this first step, what comes out of it? First thing, it's, it's, you could look at this as you could gain a problem statement out of this. You know what it is that God's calling you into, and you've taken the time, you've asked the question so you can see a long ways off. You have vision for what it is that he's calling you into. And so you know what problem that you're walking into has the solution for. You're also going to have a list of questions because there is going to be questions that you don't have answers for yet. So you're going to have this list of questions. And some of these questions you're going to look at and you're going to be like, I cannot continue to move forward if I don't get the answer to this question. There's Inevitably, there is always a question that comes up that is going to make you feel stuck because you don't have the answer. 
If for whatever reason you are not getting the answer, it's time to start making an assumption. I know what people say about assumptions, but in this case, it's okay. Because you may need to assume an answer to a question to continue to move forward. You cannot allow yourself to be stuck because of a question. Because you don't have the answer to a question. So if you have to assume the answer to a question to continue moving forward, do that. But when you make assumptions, make sure you keep a list of those as well. And it has to be necessary, absolutely necessary to make this assumption for you to continue to be moving forward. That's the first criteria of making assumptions. It has to be necessary. And the second is it has to be realistic, right? The assumption to the question has to be realistic. All right. So you've got your list of questions and assumptions as well. And the final part of that is a a very short, one-sentence declaration of your calling. And for me, God has called me to the office of an apostle. That is the calling. That's the calling I've been running from for years and pretending not to know. There's more to that here in a little while that I'll share with you. So again, you need to have vision while you can. So once you've done that, you've asked all those questions, you've gathered as much information as you can, it's time to start developing your plan. Before you get into that, you have to release that declaration to people know. Whether it's in person, whether it's on social media, whatever it is, you need to release that declaration to people. And release it wide. This is going to be an important step because this is part of that figuring out who it is you're going to pull in closer and who it is you need to kind of step away from. And the response to the call is going to give you some of that information there. And this is a time to uh, start looking at your passion, your energy, and authority. Right? The, what is it that you're passionate about? You're obviously you're passionate about the calling God's given you because you said yes. Now it's time to take your energy and authority and put it into that. To put it into developing how you are going to live out this call. It's important because you don't want to be putting your your energy, your passion, your authority into the wrong things. Into things that aren't in line with your call. If you do, those are just distractions, right? And when I'm talking about passion, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm just bubbly and happy all the time. Look at me. Hi. No. It means when you describe your calling, when you share your dream and you start telling people, they can feel the passion that you have for it. Have to be able to, to give that passion and energy behind it, behind what it is you're sharing. And I know for some people it's helpful to to put this into a mission statement and understand when we talk about a mission and a vision, they're not the same thing, okay? Mission, it it provides you with uh, day-to-day clarity, 
Okay? It defines the scope of your calling. And without, without clearly understanding the calling, right, you can drift and start moving in the wrong direction or start moving in too many directions. You may find that happening more than you find that you're moving in the wrong direction. Because if you can get distracted, if the enemy can get you distracted and moving in too many different directions, and you're trying to spread your, your authority and your energy out in too many different ways, it's going gonna, it's gonna to defeat you as well. That's why it is important to understand your passion, your energy, and authority, and where you are putting them, and where you, you are directing them. To understand the difference between mission and vision, mission is here right now, the thing you're doing, that thing that gives you clarity for the day-to-day actions that you're taking. And vision is that thing you're seeing way out, right? When the crop's small, you're seeing way out. Because as it gets bigger, that mission's going to help keep you guided. Because now you can't see as far. So mission's here. And vision is still out there. It's what's next. So when God's giving you the information, that revelation in the beginning, you're getting vision for what's coming. So one facet of your partnership with God is to take that vision and develop the how. And this is the great thing about partnering with God is is you get to make decisions too. If you remember back in Genesis 1, he gave us dominion. Not over people. He gave us dominion over territory, over the animals, over things, right? Not people. That's an important thing to remember. Because if you start trying to take dominion over people, you're not seeing them as a new creation. Which is where Jesus brought us back into on the cross. Right? We abdicated our dominion in the fall. And we got it back through the cross when we were reborn as new creations. So with that, God has given you the information you need. And it's trusting in your partnership to decide the how. This is, this is where we talked earlier about partnership here. Is Partnership is two people bringing together what it is that they carry into the partnership. Right? So God's given you all the information you need now to start, to start making decisions. To start deciding how you're going to fulfill the calling. Yeah, sure, sometimes he's going to show you how to do something or give you a picture of you doing something and you want to go do that in that way. But by and large, he trusts you to exercise your dominion. Again, don't skip that first step of gathering the information and getting all of the relevant, relevant, excuse me, revelation that you can while you can, before you start getting into the how. I can't stress that enough. I've heard over and over the lament of how, God, I don't know 
how to do this. I don't understand how to do this. And all you're doing when you do that is you're putting on blinders. You're putting on blinders that, are going, that is going to keep you from getting the information that God is trying to show you. You can't forget that you're a royal heir, a son, a daughter, right? You're one that is bilocationally co-seated with Christ right now, right this very second. And that means you always start from a place of victory. So you need to remind yourselves of that. I always start from victory. Go ahead, say it right now. I always start from victory. Mm, I don't believe you. Stand up. Show me some passion. I always start from victory. Come on. I don't hear. I hear like one person. Go ahead. I always start from victory. There you go. Sit down. Your passion has to be there, right? When you share your calling with people, that's what it needs to feel like. They need to feel you. They need to know that you start from a place of victory. So you cannot sit around and use the excuse, I don't know how, and wanting God to give that to you. He's not your scapegoat in case it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, you can try a different way. It's okay. That's what you're doing. When you sit and you wait and you want to say, well, I don't know if it's the will of God if I do this. I'm going to wait for him to tell me how to do it. That's part of what you're carrying into the partnership. And you're just looking for a scapegoat, somebody to pin the blame on if it doesn't work out. That way you can say, well, this is what God said to do. Nope, that's playing small. We don't do that around here. If you start doing something outside of his will, he's going to show you. And when he does, there won't be any condemnation. He won't be heaping guilt or shame on you. He still loves you. But there is correction there. So God's given you the information. The decision is now in your hands. And it's time to get creative. You have the genius of all geniuses living inside of you. Yes? Yes. Okay, good. We're all in agreement there, right? Yes? Yes. Okay, good. I see some tentative north-south head shakes, but uh, I'll take it. So in that, he's chosen to take up residence in you. He's choosing you. He has chosen you. Right? Yes, very good. So it's time to exercise some creativity. And you need to be coming up with two or three, maybe even four different ways of how you see your, you fulfilling the calling. Not just one, two or three, maybe even four, because you might find that there are more. Be creative. It's all there is to it. It's creativity. We are all made with that creative ability.
inside of us. So what's coming out of this is all the different ways you've imagined how. All the different ways that you can see how you can fulfill this calling. You're going to update your list of questions, right? Because some of them may not be relevant anymore. You may have found answers or you may just find they're not relevant. I don't need to ask this question anymore. And also update your assumptions. Make sure you're looking at those things and asking if it's still relevant to assume this answer. And this this creative process here shouldn't take you very long. Depending on the call, this could take just hours to do. Maybe even a few days. It should not take that long. Because again, this is something that could bog you down because we are so used to wanting somebody else to give us the how. Because we don't want to take the responsibility of deciding, of making the decision. So don't allow yourself to get bogged down. And the next step is you're going to start analyzing your how. This is a fun thing to do here. Because you get to sit with Holy Spirit and you get to talk about each one of these different creative ways that you came up with how and just start walking through them. Looking at the decisions that you can make in each one of them and seeing what is highlighted here. Again, this requires you to push into your oneness with him. It's going to require something of you. This is part of that demand that is put on your yes, is you need to be pushing into that oneness. So you're going to look at all those. Look at the different decisions you make. Look at what it is he's highlighting from you in each one of these, or if he's highlighting one in particular. And from there, you can start looking at those people you know are supporting you, those people that are really close to you, that you know you can lean on and count on for wise counsel, and start talking to them after you've had this conversation with Holy Spirit. See what you get from them. Because the people that you have surrounded yourself with that offer wise counsel are going to help you see some of the blind spots. They're going to help you see some things that you just haven't seen yet. So you want to be able to move forward from those discussions with a clear picture. And so now you have one how that's either highlighted and you know that's the way you're going to move forward or you know there's pieces you're going to bring together and that is the one way you're going to move forward. So you have a decision now, right? Right? Okay. So you're coming out of this with a decision. Again, you're going to update your list of questions. And some of you might be thinking, man, I'm this far into getting into this calling. Why do I still have questions that aren't answered? Because when you stop asking questions, that's when you flatlined. You're done. The moment you stop being curious, the moment you're going to lose relevance and influence. Have to stay curious. You have to continue to ask questions. You can't get into that mindset of, I've arrived, so I don't need to ask any more questions because I know it all. That doesn't work. Keep asking questions. And same thing with your assumptions. Keep updating them.
And the last thing that's coming out of this is a more robust declaration. You have a more robust declaration about your calling and what it is that you're seeing, that vision that you have. So here's mine. God has called me to the office of an apostle. Through prophecies released over me, God calls me a leader of leaders. He said, I will shoulder kingdom government, and my territory stretches over 7,500 miles from west to east. Specifically said, everywhere I've set my feet is my territory. As a leader of leaders, I will organize and equip other apostles who will carry kingdom government in their network of churches. Kingdom government is what I carry, along with the skills to put action to the prophetic. I can see the blueprints released from heaven and set in place a strategy to build. This was a call for me to step into in 2019. I didn't want to make an agreement then because of fear, specifically fear of man. God continued to call, and this is an immediate mandate for me to go now. And he is continuing to release revelation along with favor and the required resources. The immediacy of, immediacy of this call is to develop and train leaders to build kingdom government on earth as it is in heaven, whose sole focus is Jesus and will not mix any systems set up by our enemy into his church. That's the call for me. There is a lot more that I don't know. I have a long, long, long list of questions that are still unanswered in this. However, I'm moving forward. That long list of questions is not going to stop me from taking action and moving forward on that. And part of that call, we've already started moving forward on here. And so I know that right now that has me here and I don't know if that would change. But I know this is where I am supposed to be right now because this is where I am to branch out from in this call. So that's mine. And that's where you're going to be getting to as you start moving through this process and start working with God to show you more. And then you start making the decisions about how you're going to walk that out. And it's time to finalize that plan because it's time to draw others in. All right, so you, you're looking at what is it I'm requiring as I set out, as I embark on this journey of this call, what is it that I require? Well, I can tell you the first thing you're going to need to find and the first person you're going to want to pull in is somebody that you know that has an intercessory gift. You're going to want to find somebody that you can partner with that will pray for you. That you can lean on to pull from heaven for you. What else do you require? I don't know for sure. I can't tell you that because everybody's call is different. But you need to start looking at that. What else is it I require? And you're going to find those people that whether they're there, they are there for a one-off project, they're there temporarily to do a few things or full-time, start looking at that. 
Start pulling other people into your plans. Your plan has to require other people's, uh, people's, other people, excuse me. You also need to be an unapologetic asker. Ask people for things. Many people are, are very focused on providing value to others. But how do you provide value for others if you don't know what they need? All right, you've talked to them, you know what, it, what they need, and you know that you can provide value for them in that need, right? So when you flip that around, how great would it be and how great would it make other people feel to know that they're providing you with something that you value? They'd probably feel fantastic. You got to remember that collaboration, it's a shortcut, right? You're, you're networking, it will fast track you, right? So focus on networking and partnership and help others grow while they're helping you, right? What's that called? Anybody? Royal Exchange. You're making a royal exchange with people when you ask them to help you because you can provide them with value as well. So again, look at your list of questions and assumptions and maybe you're going to find that there's people that you can pull in that can provide the answers for you. All right? Maybe there is there's someone you know that is a solution or carries a solution to one of your questions. So now that you started pulling people in, it's time to go, right? You've got the plan, the people. Now go out and execute, make it happen. Pretty simple. And because you're all sitting here, I'm sure that you carry the same DNA that we do here at Unedited Life of stewarding a kingdom culture and equipping people. So now that you're starting to execute, you need to start looking at what does it look like beyond me? The call that God brings you into, it's not likely that it's something that you're going to do and then nothing happens beyond that point. There's a legacy that you're leaving from the call. So be thinking about who you can equip, who you can bring up to continue on in future generations. And if for whatever reason you get here and it still feels like you're about to take imperfect action, do it anyways. Just because the action feels imperfect doesn't mean that it's not going to be beneficial to you. And be consistent. Well, let me back up here. In taking action, you ever heard the saying, the best time to plant a tree was 40 years ago? You know what the second best time is? Right now. Right now. Take action and be consistent in that. It's hard to reach people with the amount of noise that's screaming at all of us all the time for our attention. So be taking daily action. All right. So first off, you're going to hear that call. 
and you're going to gather as much information as possible. All right, having vision while you can and seeing as far as you can. Don't put the cart before the horse and ask how yet. Ask the questions. Get the information. And then from there, you start developing your plan. You're going to make your declaration. You're going to look at your passion, your energy, and authority, and make sure you're pointing those in the right direction. You're going to put partnership into action there and be creative and develop multiple solutions to the question, how? Gather the information, then you start making decisions about how. Then you're going to analyze those. Talk to Holy Spirit and those people closest to you to put one together that is going to move you forward. You're going to lean into your union and make a decision. And then bring others in and take action. Even if it's imperfect action, take action. Don't sit around and wait. So this week, you're going to lean into oneness. Talk to Holy Spirit about your call. If you're unsure about what that is, you have the perfect opportunity to lean into that oneness when we do worship. You have the perfect opportunity to talk to him and see what he's showing you about your calling. If you're still unclear, don't let him show you a picture and then ask how. Don't do that. Continue to look and have vision. And so we are going to, next week we're going to do a workshop. And we're going to start going through this process with you. You're going to start this week. And we're going to go through it in small groups next week. So if you are not part of the Unedited Life online Facebook group, you need to get in there. There's going to be a file we'll post in there. And you can download that PDF and start working on that this week. And leaning into that oneness with Holy Spirit. See what Jesus says to you. For those of you online, you can find that in the Facebook group later today. And if you have questions, you can post them in that group and we will do our best to answer or get you resources or maybe even set up a time to uh, get on a call and work through some of that with you. Remember, you're a warrior filled with wisdom. Ascending into the high place of God and ascending into that calling that he's given you and releasing regional breakthrough, bringing down strongholds of the enemy. That's you. That's each one of you. All right. Angie, will you come pray for us, please? Worship TV, you can go ahead and come up. I want us to stand. What, what Vince just broke down requires action of us, right? So sitting on our behind isn't actually going to do anything for us, right? Right. This is a season of making agreements and attaching action to the agreements, right? Are we ready? Are you sure? I mean, I just don't think you're very excited right now. I mean, Chelsea is. 
Could everybody get on her level? I mean, that's working for me. Let's pray. Father, we know that the ask that you are putting out on our lives right now is massive. And we are not going to cower to it. We're going to rise. And right now, I just thank you that you are showing everyone in this room a picture of themselves doing something that is so completely outside of them that it scares them half to death. And I am thankful for that. We just thank you right now for the gift of vision that you have made it possible for us to see while we can, to see far and wide, to look even further than we thought we could, and to capture it all now in this season. So when we're in the middle of harvest, we have that to lean back into and know what you promised, what you said over our lives. And we yield to you all over again. And we declare that our yes is not empty. That our yes means something. That we are in covenant with you, Father. And our yes means something. That we are your spoken word that will return to you in fullness pressed down, shaken together, and spilling over. That's who we are. We are a fulfilled word, bringing great pleasure to you. And as we enter into a time of worship, God, teach us to count the cost. As we come before you and ascribe worth to your name, let us be aware of who it is that we're talking to. Right now, we just thank you for the measure that you have called ours as the fear of the Lord. And when we come before you, we will rightly ascribe worth to your name. That we would know that we are standing before holiness. And we know that you are asking for nothing short of everything. Just tell him right now, I will be who you made me to be. No matter the cost, I will be who you made me to be. No matter the pain, I will be who you made me to be. No matter the loss, I will be who you made me to be. I will set my eyes on you. I will fix my affections on you. You are what I want. Just tell him, you are what I want. And mean it. These are not empty words. I will be who you want me to be. I'm all in. If that's you, tell him, I'm all in. I'm all in. Come on, mean it. I'm all in. 
and I will not pretend to not know. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for the times that we are intentionally dumb. Forgive us for the times that we've pretended not to see because we were afraid. Right now, fear, we are putting you on notice because here we come. Ready or not. We're not just saying yes this time. We know what the first step is. We love you. Amen.